Hey everyone, this is Ben Chapman. Thank you for listening to Luminous Church Podcast. It's always an honor that you would take time out of your day to listen to us. We hope that you would see Jesus more clearly today and that you would also be inspired to make a difference wherever you find yourself. Enjoy today's sermon and God bless you. Conference is coming up, exciting for what's happening at Luminous Church. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9 this morning. I kind of said that like a Texan. Nine? <laughs> then do that. And so uh, any Texans in here? All right. Any non-Texans in here? All right. We love you. We love you. You can stay. You can stay. So you're welcome. Yeah, I don't know. You know, every Texan feels like they own the country, you know, or the state. Um, but nonetheless, I just, I, I don't want to be super narcissistic, super self-focused this morning. But I do want to say, y'all, it's my birthday. Come on, somebody. Wow. We're doing this. Okay, okay. <laughs> we need a choir director. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. Hey, it's luminous when you're here. Your family. Welcome. We're still in it. Okay. Hey, I'm super excited about our pre-K team, man. They made me this card. I just thank you for our night team. Thank you for our pre-K. Thank you for our teachers who love our kids so well and just help them know Jesus and uh, help celebrate their pastor. So thank you so much uh, for helping out with that. I'm so excited this morning as we um, have been in this extension of grace, talking about how we are recipients of grace, that we also are extenders of grace to one another, that, that grace is how the Christian lives, survives, sustains, and moves from day to day, glory to glory. It's because of Jesus' grace. And I'm so thankful for that. I want to I share with you just, just the whole idea this morning. I want to share with you in, in the moment that we have just the gospel and how important the gospel is to our life. The gospel means this good news. If you were just to translate that, it means good news. And in order for there to be good news, there, there also has to be some bad news. How many of you know that's true? And I'm so thankful for the gospel because I have been jacked up. I've made mistakes. I've fallen short. I've sinned. I, I have sinned. And, and to be quite frank, you have too, right? We've all sinned. We've all fall short of the glory of God. That's what Romans says. And, and as a result, we are, our punishment is separation from God. And yet God loves us. Yet God sees us where we are. And he says, that's bad news. And because of that bad news, I want to bring good news to them. And that's why Jesus came. Jesus came God of God's seed, born of God's seed from a virgin Mary. And he lived a perfect life, a blameless life, one where he only did good things. One where he was completely obedient to the Father. In fact, that's, that's really what a, a life of holiness is, obedience to the Father. Complete obedience. And, and we, we fall short of complete obedience. 
How many of you have any toddlers, right? You just know, you know they're depraved. You know, you know they're separated from God. You're like, man, you're like, dude, you just stop that. Stop doing that. You're so disobedient, right? You're so this. You know, when they're infants, they're so cute. And then when they're toddlers and they can talk, they start talking back and they start having their own demands. And, and so we know, we know that we all jacked up. In fact, I think if we were to be honest with one another in this place today that we would say, I'm, I'm jacked up. I'm messed up, and there's nothing, nothing really that I can do in order to save myself or to clean myself up. But that was Jesus' message. When he came, and he came to earth, the, the Son of God incarnate, when he, when he took on human flesh, his message was this, that although you are jacked up, Although you made mistakes, although you've fallen short, although you, you may have been caught in adultery or been caught stealing or you've been caught doing things, I love you and God loves you and God wants you to be in his kingdom. He loves you. And therefore, as, as, a, as a perfect person, Jesus lived his life, and, and he, he saw the cross ahead of him, and he said, I'm going to go to that cross and I'm going to die for everything that you've done. I'm going to go to that cross willingly, although innocent, completely innocent. I'm going to go, and I'm going to pay the price for you. I'm going to go and take the place on this cross. It was his whole message. In fact, that's what he was obedient. That's what he was doing. That's what he said is I'm going to be completely obedient to the Father, and I'm going to live this life in such a way. And so he willingly died on the cross for you and me. He took our pain and our punishment upon that tree, if you will, and he died the death that you and I deserve to die and he took our place, this great exchange, and, and he did that so that we could have access to the Father. And without that sacrifice, there would be no access. But because of that sacrifice, and three days later, he conquered death, and he rose from the grave, and he proving that you could be born again too, that you could have life, proving that you could live. This is good news. Because how many of us beat ourselves up maybe for lying, maybe for cheating on our taxes, maybe for, you know, exaggerating a little bit? How many of us beat ourselves up for something that we've done 20 years ago and we've still been trying to clean ourselves up, be right with God? And Jesus said, I am going to pay for that. And I'm going to make you completely new, completely clean. And you're going to come into God's family. This is good news. And in 1 Corinthians 9, we read about Paul's mission to the church of Corinth to spread good news to the church and the people there in Corinth. That was God's mission, or Paul's mission was to share this good news, to share this truth that, that you don't have to beat yourself up anymore. That you no longer have to be separated, but you can come in and be a part of his family. So let's read it in 1 Corinthians 9.19. It says, for though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win more of them. To the Jews, I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under law, I became as one under law, though not being myself under law that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, 
not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I may share with them in its blessings. Verse 24, do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. But I discipline my body and keep it under control. Lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. There's three things that I would love to leave you with this morning on my birthday. Three things that I think are very important. The first one is we're free. Everybody say, I'm free. You are free indeed. Free in Christ. How many of you are thankful you are free? Like, man, we're just thankful we are free, that we we are free, that everything's permissible, that if I mess up, hey, I'm free, that if I make a mistake, I'm free. I'm free to do all sorts of things. Hey, I'm free. I can go to Cancun this weekend. I'm free, right? I'm free to spend however I want. I'm, I'm free to do things. There's so much freedom that we have in Christ, and that is good news, that because he died for you, that we are free. But then he says this, you're free. And although I'm free, this is what Paul says, I'm going to be a servant. What? Paul, you're free. Why would you, in some translation says slavery. I'm going to be, I'm going to put myself back under slavery. I'm going to put myself back into servanthood. I'm going to do this although I'm free. How many of you know, like, what are you doing, Paul? Like, why would you become a servant? You're free. Get going. Come on, man. Enjoy that freedom. Because of this one aspect, I am free, but I must be a servant so that I can win somebody. I must become a servant so that I can start winning other people with this good news. I must submit myself in such a way. So that other people may know the good news of Jesus Christ. This is, this is his whole, whole mission. This is what he says. I, I am free, but I'm going to be a servant so that I might win more. Now, Paul has a little competition theme. You know, you see that, right? He's always competing for more souls. I'm going to win more people. I'm going to win more lost people. But here's the thing. is when the gospel radically changes you. You realize that I want to start giving it away so that people can understand who they are in Christ. This is what he did. The second thing that we see, is, I want you to understand that you're free, but I want to understand that this life in the gospel is intentional. Everybody say intentional. Intentional. We're supposed to be intentional in our freedom. It says this in verse 20, to the Jews I became Jews in order to win the Jews. To those under law I became as one under the law. 21, to those outside law I became as one outside the law. In verse 22, to the weak I became weak that I might win the weak. I became all things to all people so that I may win some and I want to be intentional. Liberty within, without intentionality can sometimes bring about this self-absorption. 
If you have this freedom without being intentional, what happens is you may step into your freedom in such a way that you aren't intentional with the mission that God has placed you on. Uh, for instance, how many of you grew up maybe um, hyper-Pentecostal, hyper-Baptist, you couldn't dance, you couldn't drink, you had, a, you had no makeup, you had to wear a dress, you had to wear pants and a tie. How many grew up like that? Anybody? few of us, right? few of us grew up in maybe maybe a, a, a moment where it was you had to behave a certain way in order to be loved by God. You, you, it may have not been directly spoken, right? It, it may have not been something, uh, the position from the platform, but it was just something that was felt. You, you, in fact, you know, you came into church dressed a certain way, and all of a sudden they look at you like, what are you wearing? Anybody been there? You, you may be talking about what you did on the weekend. They're like, who are you hanging out with? Are you even saved? Do you even know Jesus? You know, should you even be at the church, you know? Some of us grew in a, up environments like this, and, and Paul is saying that, that it, if you have this freedom and you have this liberty, all things are permissible. You, you can go out with your friends and you can drink and you can eat pork and you can, you can do things and you can dress certain ways. And none of that at the end of the day matters because you can't earn your way to God. It's a gift given to you because he just loves you. And you're responding to what Jesus has done for you. And as a result, salvation comes in. And so it's not about cleaning yourself up or check boxes or anything like that. It's not about what we would use this word legalism. Legalism. Following a set of rules in order to be loved by God. Following a set of rules in order to please God. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't about that. This, this, this grace. And I feel you're like me. I grew up in a system in a way where I feel like I had to act a certain way. And every time I messed up, I would beat myself up just so that God would love me. You know, I messed up and all of a sudden my head would be low. I'm in, I'm in ashes and grief right now because I messed up. I got to earn my way back to God's approval. And I want to tell you that's not the gospel. The good news is you don't earn your way back to his approval. He just lays down his life for you. And so then when you get a hold of grace, you realize, I'm free. And all of a sudden you start like, man, I could say hell, and I'm not going to go to hell. You know? You're like, that's awesome. I can take a drink, and I'm not going to be condemned. You know? And then you're like, I can start listening to some Tupac now. You know? My friends are listening to Tupac. I'm going to listen to Tupac. I'm going to throw that on. I'll just, you know, maybe it's whatever you listen to. I mean, it's just whatever, you know? I'll just listen to it because I'm going to grace. All things are permissible. It doesn't matter what I do or what I say. It doesn't matter who I'm around with because I am approved by God. And Paul was saying, this may be true. There's some freedom. You're free. Doesn't matter what you do or say. And yet, yet, Paul moves to a place as a servant. And as a servant, he said, I want to reach people where they are. And in my reaching, I'm not going to compromise godliness. In my reaching, I'm not going to compromise 
what Jesus paid for and who the whole, how the Holy Spirit has convicted me to live, I'm not going to compromise that. I'm going to become all things to all people that I may win some. And so to, to the Jew, he became a Jew. And for some of us in here, we have family who are Catholic, and we may end up becoming a little Catholic every once in a while. Where all of a sudden it's like, oh, I can't go to Lent with you because I go to Luminous and we don't do Ash Wednesday, you know. And, and you don't do that. It may be one of those things where Paul's saying, hey, you may need to go to Lent. You may need to go do Ash Wednesday. You may need to give up meat on Fridays. I mean, it wouldn't kill you, you know. Maybe helpful for the blood pressure. You know, you may do some stuff like that. You may do some all things to all people. And, and this is what Paul's saying. When I'm around the Jews, I'm not going to eat pork. When I'm around the Jews, I'm, I'm going to act a certain way, but I'm not going to become Jewish. I'm not going to become Jewish, even though I may be there to win some. And if you go with your friend who's been asking you to go to Lent or go to Ash Wednesday, and you go with them or they ask you, what are you giving up for Lent? And you say, you know what? I'm giving up sugar. Sugar. Sugar and meat. I'm going to give it up, you know. I'm just going to give it up. And they're like, Really? You would do that? Wow. I thought you Protestants didn't do that. Oh, man, it'd be great. Maybe I should give up something. Maybe I could go after God's heart more, and that wouldn't get in the way. Because, see, Jesus, Jesus is amazing. And you start being intentional, intentional in the conversation. Some of you, all your, all your coworkers are going to happy hour, and you go, I can't go in that bar. Can't go to happy hour. Can't go get a drink because cause, yeah, I'm Protestant. I go to Luminous. What if the pastor sees me? Right? And I've, I've seen some of you. <laughs> but Paul's saying uh, maybe you need to go to happy hour. And maybe you need to have a conversation. But if you take your liberty without intentionality, what happens is you'll compromise yourself. What happens is if you don't realize that you're on mission to share the gospel, if, you're on mission, if you aren't on mission to share Jesus, all of a sudden what happens is one drink turns into ten drinks. What happens is you find yourself going to the club every Friday night, not hanging out with your wife and your kids. Babe, I got to go evangelize. Got to go share the gospel. You know, I'm intentionally going into spaces and places so that I may win some. And then you're going to have some people who are what Paul would ascribe to as weak. Maybe this is weak-minded. Maybe this is weak in their theology. Maybe this is, maybe this is weak in their financial situation. But in this feebleness, as you recognize feebleness, you would come down to them and not in a place of pride, not in a place of arrogance, but you would come down and you would meet them where they are, and then you would be intentional with the gospel. For such people as you in your weakness, Jesus died for you, and he loves you, and he wants you. You see, Paul came into this place realizing that I need to be intentional in these things, that I need to move in intentionality. 
But in your intentionality, there's these parentheses where it says, I may be with the Jew, but I won't be under the law like a Jew, and I'll be, I'll be with the world or, or my coworkers, but I'm not going to be like them. I'm going to be with them, but not like them. I'm going to share the truth with them, but I'm not going to participate in the things that would compromise my godliness, who God made me to be. You realize he's set a standard for you. I didn't set the standard. He set the standard. And if you want to know the standard for your life of living godly and living in a godly way, the standard is Jesus. Paul's great. Paul's awesome. Paul apparently didn't burn with passion, though, because he wasn't married. <laughs> apparently didn't struggle with lust, <laughs> you know. Maybe not, but, but, but we, we look at these things. We look at Jesus. I can just look at Jesus. And uh, what did I see Jesus do? I see that Jesus never cursed. Never. Never cursed. Jesus didn't lie. Jesus didn't elicit sex. He didn't lust. He didn't gossip. He didn't cheat. He didn't steal. There's all these things that Jesus didn't do, and yet he ate with sinners. And yet he rescued a woman caught in adultery. And that woman actually started falling around in his ministry. There, there's these moments that happen where Jesus is all things to all people, where he goes into places and spaces so that he can share the gospel with them. And he was very intentional. But although he didn't do that, Jesus was full of emotion. He was angry. He was happy. He was sad. He was empathetic. He grieved. He loved. We see that Jesus had all these emotions. It wasn't like he, we couldn't identify with him. He was very emotional and had these emotions. And in his emotions, he would come to his coworker. And he would come to that person. And he would start relating the kingdom of God in such a way. That they could grab hold of it. Even on the cross. Jesus is sitting there. The man on his left and his right weren't there by choice. They were there because they were guilty. And truth is, you and I are there when we're guilty. And yet Jesus proclaims who he is. And one of the robbers, one of the guilty believes in him. And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter that I'm going to come into this situation in these spaces and places. I'm going to be intentional in every stage. And when we're looking at people, sometimes we need a different lens. Or sometimes we need a focus. You ever look at those people and they're like blurry? They're like, ooh, I'm not hanging out with that person. Oh, you know what they did last night? Oh, do you know, do you know how they identify? I'm not going to hang out with these people. Sometimes we just need to, we need to focus our lens, change our vantage point, and see them how Jesus would see them. See them how Jesus would see them and come to their level, but don't compromise your godliness. Be who God called you to be and go after them and share the gospel. And my question for you in 2020 and the question for myself, I would include myself in this. 
Have I seen somebody respond to the gospel? Do I know anybody who has responded to Jesus and given their life over to him and started following him? My coworkers, my fellow classmates. I've been hanging out with them a lot. It's been a lot of hanging out, a lot of relationship. We've, we've been getting a lot of drinks, but, but, but have you seen of them, any of them respond to the gospel? If you haven't, 2020 is our year. 2020 is the year where you're going to see somebody respond with the gospel because you're going on mission with a different intent. You're going to be intentional. And to be intentional, you got to be prayed up and read up. You got to be prayed up. Oh, man, Jesus, I'm about to go to this co-working thing. They're going to keep putting the drinks in front of me. I'm coming to bring the gospel. I'm coming to love them. I'm going to be on their level. Jesus, I'm going to talk to my friend. I'm going to talk to my family member. I'm praying up. Every time Brandy and I, we go into environments where we know there's going to be people who don't love Jesus, we pray for that environment that Jesus would share the gospel through us and include us on what he wants to do in that environment. We start praying for it. We start believing for it. We start believing for people. And then we start reading because you got to be read up because I'm telling you, your friends are going to come at you in every way. They're going to try to bring things, all sorts of things to you. They're going to bring the book ahead hesitations to you. And you're like, I never heard of that. And well, there's a reason because it doesn't exist, you know. And so there's going to be all sorts of things come at you. We got to be read up. We got to be prayed up. But we got to be in a life group and ignite team because you need people around you. You need people around you who said, hey, man, I think you drank a little too much. Hey, man, that was a little too much tonight. Hey, man, I think you ate too much cookie cake on your birthday. Praise God, I need that in my life. You know, I've been trying to tell my wife, I've been trying to tell her, I just, I can't, I can't, I keep eating. Please, take it away, throw it away, do something, help me. We need the right people in our life to speak the right things to help us in these environments. Because when you become all things to all people, what happens is intentionality can sometimes get a little missed. Sometimes you're like, man, I kind of like these relationships. kind of like these friendships. Oh, that's funny. That was a funny joke. That, that, was, that was a good story. So you got the one-uppers, you know? Any one-upper personalities? Just me? You know, somebody tell a joke, I'll go, oh, yeah, I got a better joke. We got to have the right people around us. And, and being, being in a life group and being on a night team, people get to check you, and you, also, you can also get to confess. Confess your sins to one another. Lord would say. And in that, you find freedom and healing because you're no longer carrying something on your own. Hey, man, so I check it. I've been trying to be all things to all people, and then I was in my break room, you know, and I don't normally hang out there because, you know, they're talking in such a way, and I was in there, and I started telling some jokes, and then we started talking about this person, and I feel so horrible, and then your friend's like, man, let's just pray through that. Let's pray that Jesus would give you an opportunity to be intentional, to be intentional. Intentional with the gospel. This is what he wants for us. The third thing I'd love to leave you with on my birthday is this, is that we would have tenacity. That we would be tenacious in every way. Verse 24, do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one receives a prize? So run that you may obtain it. 
Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. It's amazing how athletes have more fruit of the Spirit than us. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. But I discipline my body and keep it under control. Lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. What I don't want you to hear is this. Is that the life with Jesus is about rules and the way that you self-discipline or self-regulate. That's not what it's about. But in your self-discipline and through the fruit of the Spirit being alive in your life, you get platform to share the gospel with others. It's a choice that you get to walk in. You're free, but you're becoming a servant. You're free, but you're becoming disciplined. You're free, but you're reading your Bible. You're free, but you're praying. You're doing these things because you want the heart of God for yourself and other people. Does that make sense? This is, this is his heart. And there's these nuances. There's these splitting of hairs. And he says this, they, 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 that Paul trains like an Olympian athlete. You realize they trained for 10 months with no sex and no drinking for 10 months. They would do that. Not like boxing the air. Not like P90X. Anybody do P90X? Anybody do nine rounds? I mean, you lose a lot of weight, but I don't know if you can really fight. You know what I mean? Like, I, for instance, I remember, I remember P90X, man. I mean, whew. Man, I was ready punching that screen, and I was just, you know, air and all this stuff. And, and then one of my friends, when I was 19, when I was 19, she was at a party. She got a little intoxicated, and some guy took advantage of her and raped her. And when I found that out, I got livid. I got angry. I call it righteous anger, but I don't know, maybe just vengeance. So I don't know what it was. And I was like, I'm going to find that guy. I'm going to beat him up. P90X, here I come. And I go to this party, and I find him. I'm like, hey, you. He's like, me? Yeah, you. And then I tackle him and try to beat him up. And the next thing I know, I'm on the ground. Oh, P90X. <laughs> but, man. You know, if we move in this way of, of following the gospel, we don't want to be boxed in the air. And that's great. And there's this great stewardship in your freedom of, of being self, maybe some self-discipline in your freedom. Maybe you're doing a couple of things. But I'm telling you, we got to be tenacious. We got to have a tenacity that says the gospel is important and people are important. And there's people in this city, there's people who come to our church who don't know Jesus. And they need to know Jesus. And I need to tell them about Jesus. And I don't need to give up. I need to keep going. And I need to start boxing. And I need to start training myself. And I need to start talking about the gospel and sharing the gospel and exchanging love with one another. This is what he's called us to do. This is what he wants us to do. And so on my birthday today, I'm asking us to be a free people, to be an intentional people, and to be a tenacious people. That we would be a people fit for the work of ministry. That we'd be fit in every way. That we'd start sharing the gospel. That we'd go, go after those that we may win some so that they would know the hope of glory. So when they're depressed, when they're down and out, when they're broken, we could just share the truth of Jesus with them. That we'd be ready because we're free and yet we're humble. We're free and yet we're a servant. We're free and we're going to be on our feet and on our knees. And we'll be washing the disciples' feet. And we'll be washing our co-workers' feet. Jesus loves you so 
so much. I know you feel dirty. I know you feel worthless. But God is amazing, and he wants you, and he's for you. And there's a way with him and through him. Come on, somebody. Let's clap for God this morning. Jesus, we thank you for that. We got to be a fit people. We got to be a fit people. Paul, an apostle, he saw Jesus clearly. Saw Jesus clearly. It changed his life. So although he had so much freedom and so much liberty, he came and met people where they were. So he shared the truth of gospel with them. That's what he decided to do. He saw Jesus clearly. What about you? Have you seen Jesus? Have you seen him clearly in your life? Through a circumstance, through a family member, through a situation? Through a revelation, has he been known to you? Would we follow the example of Paul? And would we have followed the example of our sweet Savior, Jesus? Would you stand with me this morning? This is the life that Jesus lived. In his free life that he lived, never sinned, completely free. He was very intentional about you and me by going to the cross and raising from the grave. He's very intentional about that, and he had a tenacious spirit. There was nothing stopping him from the mission that God placed him on. Nothing. Jesus and Paul likewise said this, I'm going to abstain from certain things, although I'm free. I'm going to abstain from certain things, although I have liberty, so I can sustain the pace in which God called you to run. So you start sustaining this pace. So last we could, lastly, we could obtain the prize. So that we could obtain a wreath that is imperishable. Let me pray for you if that's okay. If you wouldn't mind bowing your head and closing your eyes. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to give you an opportunity. If you never experienced this good news, and it is great news. It'll free you. It'll liberate you. It will, it will change your life. If you've never experienced this great news, and you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, and you want to surrender your life, you want to start walking a new way and be born again, I want to give you an opportunity. If that's you, would you raise your hand? I want to pray for you. If that's anybody in here. Lord Jesus, you see every hand raised. Jesus, you see those who respond to you. Would they embrace your truth and walk free? Free indeed, knowing that they are loved. You say, you are my beloved. I died for you so that you could live with me. Lord, I pray for that. And Jesus, I just pray as they respond to the gospel this morning. You do a work, and for the rest of us, God, make us a fit people in 2020. God, will we be free, intentional, tenacious in every way, in Jesus' name.